Hello, everyone. We are back. Uh, it's been it's been a few weeks since we uh, put out our last podcast. Um, we have actually been trying to record, um, but we've ran into some technical issues with Apple. Um, and now we have a whole new podcast name. We're going to have a whole new podcast page, but we are still the same old podcast. Um, but we took this time to grow to grow our podcast and to branch out and decide to go a different route. We're going to hit different segments, release miniature episodes. So that way you don't have to listen through all the garbage you don't want to listen to. You can just listen to the certain sport, certain topic, certain game where we talk about and cover it. So with that being said, we are now in the air. Um, I apologize for the delay and the transition. Um, we've missed out on a lot since the last time we've been on together. But I have a special guest coming on in a few in a few minutes. He's a Tennessee fan, um, good friend of mine. So without further ado, we'll get Garrett Cook on here. And that will be our first episode. We'll talk the aftermath, Tennessee, Alabama, the shape of the college football playoffs right now, who should be in, different scenarios, um, the rankings, and this upcoming week. That'll be episode one. We'll have a miniature episode come out later this week as well, covering UFC 280, making our predictions. Then the next week we'll pick up with the topics that arise. So without further ado, all right. So as promised, um, I have a good friend of mine coming on, uh, Garrett Cook, um, lifelong Tennessee fan. Excited to hear from him, especially after this weekend. So, uh, Cook, how you doing, bro? How you doing? Doing good, bro. Uh, feels pretty good to be undefeated, six no first time since uh, nineteen ninety eight. You know what that means? Yes, dude. That's an accomplishment. A lot of people did not expect out of Tennessee to start off. I remember. In my first couple podcasts, I don't know how many of you listened to, I, I vouched that Tennessee would have a solid start, and I predicted them to go 10-2 and two on the season, and they're surpassing that tremendously. And I even got laughed at at that statement. So I just kind of want to uh, start off by getting your ex- expectations at the beginning of the season and uh, hear what you thought about the game and where you're at when history was made and all that stuff. So I'll let you take it away. Um with the expectations at the beginning of the season and how they've changed and what you expect going forward. Yeah. So coming into this season, year two of uh, Josh Heifel's tenure at the university of Tennessee, I I feel like most fans kind of thought there was uh, a pretty clear floor of seven and five. Uh, There's about seven teams that you should beat unless you just have an incompetent coach, which, I think season one, we found out that Hyper was an uh, incompetent gump like uh, Pruitt was or uh, wasn't an egomaniac like Butch was or uh, just a plum fool like Dooley was. I, I think we found out that uh, he had an offense that worked. And uh, coming into this season, a lot of people saw that. <clears throat> and they saw that the uh, floor for this team, I think, would be seven and five. Uh, and then – The ceiling was where there was a lot of discussions amongst the Tennessee fans for, for me, I think I leaned towards nine and three, maybe. Uh, I I saw 10 and two as the clear ceiling, uh, but I was going to be satisfied with nine and three, eight and four, I would be okay with, I just wouldn't be happy. Eight and four to me means you would have lost to either team like uh, Florida or a Pitt or an LSU, uh, but the 10-2, and two, I think everybody knew coming into the season who the two with two guaranteed losses would be uh, in Alabama and Georgia, but as we've seen over this season, uh, Tennessee decided that they wanted to be one of the big boys this year, and Josh Heupel's calling plays like nobody's business. Uh, we're seeing record-breaking offenses on Rocky Top this year. We're seeing an uh, offense where uh, if you look at the roster, it's actually a pretty amazing stat. Every every receiver on the roster this year is averaging a minimum of 10 yards a catch. So just, just something to be impressed with with Tennessee. Again, for me, I, I think coming into the season, I was going to lean 9-3. and three, uh, But I, I think right now, I don't see how he – you say the floor is less than 11-1, and one, uh, if, if not going undefeated during the regular season. I think it's, it might be a little bit of a push, but 
I think from a Tennessee fan perspective, if you're going to commit to being all in on this team, I mean, you already beat Florida. You already beat Bama. You beat LSU. I don't know many teams that's done that in one season, but beating those three teams in one season, I think you got to say you're going to push your luck and uh, run the table at least until we get to the SEC championship week. No, I I, I totally agree. Um, my expectations for y'all are have they're not ten and two anymore. I think y'all will go twelve and zero going into the SEC championship because I just don't see how y'all could beat Alabama, who's I feel like better offense than Georgia, and and yet you still outscored um, Alabama, and yet Bryce Young was the only reason. I'll, I'll say this: Bryce Young, if Bryce Young did not play, it would have been a blowout on Tennessee's side. Tennessee would have routed Alabama. And I don't think Stetson Bennett can put up the numbers that Bryce Young did. Yes, uh, Georgia's tight ends are slick. They're Brock Bowers, and can't remember the other one's name. Can't remember his name. But anyway, they're they're good. But I just I don't see Tennessee losing that game. I get that it's in Georgia, and I get that y'all have Kentucky first. Kentucky's not a great great team in my opinion. I know a lot of people thought very highly of them. They were ranked pretty high at the beginning of the season, but especially um, later on, we see that they've kind of taking a step down but no I, I agree that the the floor now is 11 and 1 with expectations to maybe have it undefeated season um throughout the whole playoff so yeah like like you were saying there uh Tennessee just played the best quarterback and best I think my opinion best running back they're going to see all year unless there's a rematch uh Georgia doesn't have Bryce Young slinging the rock to those tight ends. Uh, I, I will say it is kind of a concern for me. You know, anytime you're going into a, a rough, rowdy environment, I, I think Sanford Stadium, not that I put their, that up there with the elite SEC stadiums, but uh, that it is a stadium you have to respect and know going into. They're going to give you all they have. Uh, only other thing concerning with me for Georgia is the tight end position. Uh, you know, watching Saturday, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure y'all's tied in the block two was the leading receiver for you, and yes. we just didn't have anybody who could cover him. Uh, it, that's just one big weakness on our team, you know, secondary, but also tied ends covering, uh, or excuse me, linebackers covering the tight ends. Uh, we just didn't have anyone to stop them. So I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia had a lot of success with tight ends getting the ball in their hands, but, uh, you know, I think Tennessee is going to get pressure on uh, the mailman down there, Stetson Bennett, and I think he's going to end up running into a couple more mistakes than Bryce Young did. Bryce Young, I think he showed the other night, and I don't mind tipping my hat off to him. I think he's going to be number one pick by far in this draft. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. A lot of people like to down downplay Bryce Young and say, well, he lost. Obviously, he's not the best quarterback. No, I think he's I think he's pretty. I think he's pretty, pretty clear that he's probably the best quarterback um, in in the league right now. But I want to give props to Hendon Hooker. I know a lot of people have slept on him all season. Um, like I said earlier, I've been giving him, giving him a lot of props um, since week one, um, and I think he just threw his first interception last game, if I'm if I'm correct. So. Mm-hmm. Only throwing one interception through six weeks is very impressive with the numbers that he has. So. Very crazy to think about. I believe going into that weekend, uh, since he's been a starter at Tennessee, he has thrown 45 touchdowns and two interceptions. So since he's been starting, which was uh, week three, I believe, of last season, uh, he has thrown three interceptions, and I guess that would make 50 touchdowns this year or 50 touchdowns throughout uh, his career. So, yeah, he is uh, – I want to give a big shout-out to Virginia Tech for him, a Hokie for life, for ball for life now. Uh, I don't know, you know, what they had going on. I thought Fuente was a good coordinator. He was supposed to be out of Memphis. But, you know, Josh Heupel, you know, if, if Hooker ends up being – I heard somebody say Joe Clad or somebody like that was – uh, thinking Hooker could go top 10. If you're a quarterback and you see Hooker go top 10, I don't see, unless you just have allegiance to another university, 
how you could say that I want to play for any other coach if you're a quarterback or honestly any offensive position for that matter. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. The Tennessee offense and the and their just the way it operates so fast paced, put up points in a hurry. I don't know why somebody would not want to go play for them. Um, and as you said, I don't know what happened with along the lines of Virginia Tech getting rid of Hendon Hooker or him wanting to leave, but that was a big, big loss by them. I know he didn't do much when he was at Virginia Tech, but just to see Heupel take him in and then make him the number one guy and then all his progress and his stat line is in, is unreal. So, yeah, I'm very impressed by by him and by Heupel. I also think second year – correct me if I'm wrong, this is his second year, correct, Heupel? Yes, yes, okay, second yeah. year. For, for in your second year to come in and beat the top program in the nation, I guess like, – obviously they're not top right now, but um, – it, I'd say it's the top one, number one program. You know, it may not be the best team or anything, but if you, you know, it, it kind of gets under my skin when you say it, but, you know, Alabama, Nick Saban, it's, it's kind of the standard in football right now. Yeah, yeah, which is obviously is shifting, but, um, or maybe it's just a down year, I don't know, but for him to come in second year and he goes 6-0 and to start off with wins over Florida, who they haven't beat, uh, and how how long was that? Thirteen. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Okay, but before that, it was mm-hmm. a while, correct? Yeah, it was uh two thousand four uh, in the okay. in the swamp or okay. at Neyland. Okay, yeah. So for them to come in, get a win over Florida, to beat Pittsburgh on the road, which is some people don't give them credit for that win, but that's a that's a big game because I mean they hype Pitt up at the beginning of the season too. Uh, mm-hmm. To go into LSU and to not just win but route them and. I think you went to that game, correct? Yes, I was at that game and the Florida game. Okay, wow. Wow, okay. Um, Dude, I could hear Rocky Top being chanted on TV in in (laughs) LSU, which is crazy. Um, And then, of course, to to win against Alabama. I mean, it's not a bad start for year two. I've also heard rumors now that I don't know how true they are. I don't know if I even believe them. I don't see why Hypo would leave, but rumors that he's going to go back to Oklahoma if he has a successful season and they end up offering him something, but I think that's ridiculous because I believe Texas and Oklahoma is coming to the SEC. So why even transfer mm-hmm. like, schools? Yeah. Uh, there has been a lot of talk. Ever, I mean, ever since last season when Lincoln Riley left and Heupel just went seven and five in the regular season, uh, there's some talk then about, you know, is Oklahoma, are they going to try to get Heupel? You know, he, Look what he did year one at Tennessee, turned around the offense from pretty much one of the worst in the country to, you know, pretty respectable last year alone. But there was there's a lot of bad blood between Oklahoma and Heupel. Uh, as you know, a big figure for them in, in Oklahoma is Bob Stoops, very similar to how Philip Former is a big figure up at, at Knoxville at Tennessee, uh, even though they're not coaches anymore at least up until recently both of them had very big sway over how those programs operated and while Hype, when Hypel was out at Oklahoma under Stoops he was a co-offensive coordinator in 2014 uh, I think it may have been a couple years before that he's definitely the quarterback coach uh, starting in 2007 out there and uh, 2014 they had a pretty good year I believe 2015 is when they made the playoff, but in 2014, uh, there was a lot of blame uh, being and a lot of pressure being put on Bob Stoops. And instead of looking at trying to fix the problem with the defense, he tried to uh, put the blame, shift it towards the offense. And, you know, the reason why uh, Heifel was so upset about that, aside from having uh, the top, one of the top offenses in the country that year was, Defense coordinator was Stoops' brother. I can't remember what which brother it was, uh, if it's Mark or if that's the one at Kentucky. But uh, his brother was coaching the defense nonetheless. And uh, instead of letting him go, he let Heifel go. And Heifel uh, was kind of fired up about that. Now, I believe when he was hired at UCF, there was a quote that came out that said uh, he said he was you know, glad to be at UCF. He was thanking God that 
uh, being leaving Oklahoma was the best decision that he ever made. So I, I kind of find find it hard to believe that he would leave for Oklahoma. Very possible, but you got to remember, uh, Heifel was a JUCO quarterback himself. He didn't grow up and live in Oklahoma. I think his his dad was a football coach, I believe, in Dakotas somewhere, and uh, he he spent the two years in JUCO and only played the two years in Norman, Oklahoma. So uh, I don't think he has the strong emotional bond that a lot of people would think you would have. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I just – I didn't know a lot of that stuff that you just brought up, but I I just found it very odd that he would leave Tennessee after building the program up to where it's at and being that kind of program that Tennessee is to leave for Oklahoma, who's coming into the SEC, so he'd have to basically restart. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But I think he's good where he's at. I like him at Tennessee. Um after Nick Saban leaves, if he wants to come to Alabama, we'll gladly take him. <laughs> um, anybody but Dabo. Please, not Dabo. Um, not a big Dabo guy? No, no, I'm not a big Dabo guy. I just – I think his coordinators won him that championship, those championships that he's won. But Yeah, that, that and the quarterback, I think that'll do it. Yeah, straight up, straight up. So, um, we've talked expectations um, going forward, expectations at the beginning of the season. Um Anything you want to bring up about the game itself this past weekend, Alabama versus Tennessee, or you pretty much put that one behind you? I can't say I put it behind me because, you know, first time that I can remember in my life watching Tennessee beat Alabama, it's just uh, – it was just a very euphoric uh, experience and feeling. I was watching the game over at a friend's house. Uh, we just had just a few Tennessee fans there with us who um, – I was watching games with that guy back when I was in high school and he was in college and we were watching uh, Butch get trounced week after week and uh, put up good games against Georgia here and there, but uh, watching the pig hour fumble throughout the end zone. So we, we watched a lot together and it was just nice to have that moment where, you know, you didn't necessarily reach the mountaintop, but you got over uh, a big hurdle that's been in your way, a big thorn that's been in your side for, 15 years now uh, breaking that streak and uh, also it's I, I can't lie it's pretty fun to take back uh, Dixie Land Delight uh, and to do do all that uh, winning and breaking the curses uh, on, on a Tennessee Saturday night if you will <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and then the cigar smoking tradition oh. yes sir you have them lot them up yeah yeah I uh so as you probably know, my girlfriend um, is her and her family's big Tennessee Tennessee fans, and mm -hmm. uh, her brother was actually at the game, and he actually helped carry the field goal to the river. So I got to hear all about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he carried the field goal this year, and his he said his dad carried it. And what was it? Ninety eight. Ninety eight against yeah. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, ninety eight. I believe he said so. So he said it was a pretty cool tradition that he got to walk in his dad's shoes so i thought that was pretty cool um that's awesome yeah i don't know if you saw the old row shirts that came out that they made but those are as a bama fan you know obviously i can't get one myself but <laughs> those are those are pretty slick i'm not gonna lie i hadn't um, seen what they got on them it's um let me pull it up real quick it's a picture of knock uh knoxville and they're like carrying the um field goal through the streets and it says mm -hmm. let's see what it says I, I screenshotted it uh no it's neyland stadium and it says, take me to the river. And it's the whole crowd carrying the field goal post. <laughs> it says 52-49. That's on the back. And then on the front pocket, it says, feels like 98. So, yeah. I think, I think at least until the results of the Georgia game, maybe after, you're going to be hearing that, that phrase a lot. Feels like 98. Well, dude, I think – I really I really think that you all have a great chance of beating Georgia. I'm not just saying that. I know um, – of course, as a Bama fan, I was very salty um, Saturday <laughs> night with, with the way things played out, not just our field goal kicker. I mean, I don't know what he's been on lately, but he's missed three in the past two weeks. Um, almost cost us the A&M game. And I'm not going to mm -hmm. say he cost us the Tennessee game because um, building up to that, we, we've made a lot of mistakes um, throughout that game. So it's not his fault. I, I didn't agree with 
um, the play calling down the stretch, um, like the the last drive or the last potential mm-hmm. game winning drive that we had, and we missed the field goal. We threw the ball instead of running the clock out. I didn't agree with that, but um, mm-hmm. either way, all said and done, it's over with. Tennessee won. Um, as bad as I hate to say it, I'd rather lose to Tennessee than Auburn, just because I'm from Alabama and Auburn fans are the most obnoxious um, fans, in my opinion. Um, that may be because I'm from there, but Tennessee is not, not too bad. Plus, my girlfriend's from, like I said, Tennessee fan. There's a lot of cool Tennessee fans here, so I can't complain too much. I know um, I was going to get your opinion on some of these alleged bad calls. Um, I don't agree with some of them. Others, not that it wasn't pass interference. That's the main one I want to talk about. Not that mm-hmm. it wasn't pass interference, because I believe, looking back at it, there was pass interference. Just how late the flag came out, I think that's what irritated a lot of Bama fans. Mm-hmm. But, but like I said, Tennessee played a heck of a game. They deserve to win that game. Um, so that's I'll, – I'll, I'll shut up about all that Alabama talk. Um, but, yeah, dude, Hendon Hooker's stat line, I just want to read it real quick um, from that game. 21 for 30, 385 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. Um, wow. And then I don't even have Jalen Hyatt's stat, but didn't he have five touchdowns as well? Had six catches for a little over 200 yards. I know it averaged out to a little over 35 yards a catch uh, for five touchdowns. Uh, I was actually reading something from on three, if you're familiar with them, where they have the NIL calculation. And they said something to the effect that his NIL value jumped from a little over 200,000 to a little over 600,000. So on that one game alone, <laughs> He made himself about four hundred thousand uh, dollars in personal value, and I, I personally think he jumped up a lot of draft boards as well. I think he caught attention of a lot of lot of scouts out there. Yeah, dude, that's that's insane to have that much money being college. I remember struggling just to get a McDonald's meal. Can't imagine <laughs> what I do with that money. But yeah, dude, Jalen Hyatt's legit. Um, and y'all beat Alabama without Cedric Tillman. Um, how do you think he plays into the roster coming back? Do you think – like, I'm not, I'm not familiar with all y'all's mm-hmm. receivers. I know Brew McCoy and Jalen Hyatt. Uh, yeah, so coming into the season, uh, you know, last year, it was kind of weird. Last year, there was high expectations for Hyatt. Uh, and, yet yeah, so-so for Cedric. You know, you thought you might be a decent number two. But Hyatt was where all the focus was because his freshman year, under Pruitt, he – I don't know if you remember, I think, I'm pretty sure he, he torched Alabama a couple times then. Uh, he beat Patrick Sertain, uh, of all people, on a couple routes. Went over behind him, and uh, I think he had two touchdowns in that game. But last year, uh, during the pit game, I was there in Neyland for that. He left the game early. He kind of he went for a diving catch, and I think he hit his head on the ground, caused a concussion or something, and he just wasn't the same after that last season but this year uh you know you all everybody knew that Cedric was number one re- uh receiver for the team he thought he would have been first team all SEC but uh they gave it to Butte and uh what's his name on uh Alabama that transferred from Georgia oh um Burton no. Burton yeah they I think they had b- both of them first team and then Cedric's second team which uh, I thought I would take Cedric over Burton. I understood Butte being up there, but, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to prove it this year with him being injured uh, and missing, what, three, four games at this point. But uh, I, I think Cedric, the first two games, is what you, what you might see throughout the rest of the year when he does come back. He's going to be Hooker's number one target in those – third down in seven situations when you need to get your get across the first first down marker he's going to be the guy you look at first and uh even if you think it's a 50 50 you're going to put the ball uh where he can catch it because it, it's pretty hard to beat Cedric Tillman on a on a 50 50 ball uh I think having him and Brew McCoy on the edges with Hyatt in the slot is going to be very near unstoppable 
for almost any defense, much less uh, in, in Georgia and Alabama. Uh, yeah, I was shocked with uh, how well we passed the ball against Alabama. Uh, I thought we were set we were set up for uh, maybe a 35 to 42 point game, but I, I wasn't expecting hitting the 50s. So I think it'll be a very fun addition to this offense. I think he'll come back uh, Kentucky week. I haven't heard anything about him coming back this week, so I'm expecting to see him next Saturday. Okay, yeah, I was about to ask the timetable on his return because I figured he was going to come back for the Alabama game, but then he didn't. So, um, yeah, so I know you are excited to get him back. That'll be, like you said, a big a big factor. And honestly, seeing y'all again, if, I mean, if things play out the way, I think they will. We'll get into that in a minute. That'll be another big factor in, in Alabama's chances. Like, I mean, like you said, dude, I, I knew that our um, – I knew that we couldn't cover the pass very well um, as as other years, but I didn't know it was that bad. And I know – I'm not saying that as in Tennessee is not good. It's just we can't – like, we, we don't have a good pass defense this year. Um, but, yeah, Tennessee is very good, and, and they exposed us very – very quickly um so yeah so yeah I don't I don't I don't know how it's going to go um the rest of the season we can actually talk about that now but real quick before we get to that did you see um speaking of Burton did you see where he punched that girl or whatever (laughs) yeah I saw that uh you know part of me kind of just wants to uh put add fuel to the fire try to get him in as much trouble as possible but uh yeah I, I understand where uh, his perspective and Nick Saban's perspective of, you know, if you weren't out on the field, that couldn't have happened. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'll fall somewhere uh, what someone might consider a reasonable person. I, I feel like you know, as long as you're not having a camera up in somebody's face, uh, taunting him like that, you know, that, that shouldn't have happened. If some frat boy went up to him just trying to antagonize him into doing something dumb I wouldn't feel bad for that guy a bit but uh you know definitely unnecessary I think you uh just do some internal discipline and uh make him do something he doesn't want to do run some stadium steps or something like that wear him out to, uh yeah, no. get... yeah I, my, my bad go ahead no you're fine I just say to discipline him that way yeah no speaking of discipline we we're very undisciplined this year and I agree with you on the fact that that was unnecessary I don't care if you're storming the field or not, dude. Like, to hit a girl, like, she was just running by and celebrating. Like, odds are she was kind of trying to catch up with her boyfriend, catch up with her friends, et cetera. Um, and there you are being a, a sore loser. I mean, if you would have played better, maybe we that wouldn't happen. So, I mean, um, at the end of the day, I think that he, he will get punished. I don't think Nick Saban will let it slide. But it just looks bad on Alabama. Even it makes it look even worse after losing, so. Um, I I didn't see that until like this afternoon, so I just mm-hmm. wanted to get your take on it. Also, the- yeah, I, I yeah, sorry. <laughs> you good? You good? Go ahead. I was just saying I saw that last night. Yeah, dude, it was shocking when I saw it. I actually watched the video at work today. But um, what about the hit on Bryce Young? Do you feel like it was targeting? I know that they sent it in, so I, I don't know when the timetable was to find out about that. But I don't know. I to be honest, I was in a wedding. I didn't see it live, so I don't. I don't I mean, I saw a replay of it, but. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to comment on this because uh, I have on what I call my big orange glasses. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think the camera angle didn't give him, uh, didn't do him any favors. I, I think he was, it's one of those situations where it's almost impossible for him to stop. But uh, it definitely, uh, I'm hoping for the best that he's trying to go in with his shoulder and he was holding up with his helmet there uh, on that play. But, I mean, if they if they want to suspend him, that's fine with me. Uh, let's just suspend him this week, sit him out against UT Martin, have him back against Kentucky. That That's fine with me. I understand you need to try to protect your quarterbacks, but um, – you know, I know a lot of people complain about the ref job Saturday. I thought they did pretty good, you know, from a Tennessee perspective. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I guess but, it depends yeah, on I, what glasses you're wearing. 
I mean, yeah. Alabama or Tennessee, but I mean, they're always going to yeah. complain about the refs. So yeah, whoever loses, it's the refs somehow dictate the game, unless it's like it was in Baton Rouge against LSU. Yeah, no, straight up, you can't leave it to the refs. I'm still complaining about the refs in that Duke North Carolina Final Four basketball game last year because <laughs> uh, I'm a Duke fan. But um, if Duke would have hit the free throws at the end, it wouldn't have mattered. So, um, yeah. So, and you'll hear my podcast because I'm combining this with the the one I've already pre-built. And this is just going to be a segment, but you'll hear me talk more Alabama's favor later on. Um, mm-hmm. Playing devil's act, devil's advocate with the calls, but I agree, dude. At this point, I mean. And I was a little worked up when I recorded the last one. So, I mean, you'll hear me <laughs> change. But, I mean, after thinking about it and after coming down, like, I can't be mad at the Tennessee fans like or a Tennessee team. Like, they're not the ones making the call. They played their heart out. They played a solid game. And they kept, like, they, they did what they needed to do. They handled business. Alabama didn't. They left it up to the refs or possibly left it up to the refs, like, close enough where the refs mattered. And then, obviously, it didn't go their way. So, you can't be mad. Like, if you play defense – they gave up 52 points at the end of the day. The rest didn't. So, uh, yeah. And I don't know if you want to include this in our discussion or if you want to just add it to your discussion, but um, that whole quote from, I guess, both Saban and Will Anderson about uh, the team seems like their head wasn't there that game. Like, that's, that's kind of crazy. Uh, I know, I mean, I think as we all know, Tennessee was there. Uh, to play and handle business, but it sounds like something was just off with that Alabama locker room, uh, something that you don't ever see from an Alabama team. Dude, I think the atmosphere got to him, to be honest, because I remember I saw a quote from Saban earlier uh, this week talking about they usually chant on the way out in the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the tunnel, and they didn't even chant, and he asked them why they weren't chanting. He said he said a lot of them were nervous, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, I find that shocking, too. I mean – the the atmosphere and the fans definitely got to him. It gets loud out here in Neyland. Never never been, <laughs> but supposedly gets I broke the the record again. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the old record was around one eighteen or so. We crossed one twenty five this game. Wow, dude, that's awesome. I might have to go to a game in Neyland. Um, my uh, girlfriend's grandparents have, I think, season tickets, and so they've offered to let us go to one. So we we may end up doing that. Yeah, got a couple good games left. Kentucky, um, well, I guess two two SEC games left. Kentucky, Missouri. So Kentucky, that, that should be a fun game, night game. Yeah, that should be that should be a good. One. I think y'all don't, won't have any trouble with them, but that is a a solid game to go to. I, I may try to go to that one. Um, okay, so now we're entering a little, you know how we're called like we were in the loop, but now we had to change our names, so we're in the air. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We're still coming up with it. So we got this segment called uh, In the Zone or In the Trash. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read five things off to you, and you can say yes, put it in the zone, or you can put it in the trash, say no. Um, okay. All right, so first one I want to ask you is, um, let's see, does Tennessee make the college football player for the first time? Ooh, I, I'm going to lean in the zone right now. Uh, okay. I think right now it's some people are going to be upset with this, but I I think you're on the verge of becoming America's team this year. I think you're already college football's darling this year after uh, your hot start and then completing that by or adding on to that by beating Alabama. Anytime you do that, you're going to be praised by pretty much any fan base out there. But uh, I think with our resume so far, even uh, if if your worst case scenario, if you go eleven and one, lose to Georgia and win out, uh, that's a strong enough resume to get in the playoff most years. Now, will it be strong enough this year? I'm not sure, but you know, as you were saying, as I I personally think as well, I think you do run the table, and if you go twelve and zero in the regular season. I don't think it matters what you do in the championship game. I think you make the playoffs. And what an accomplishment that will be for Josh Heupel in year two at Tennessee. Yes, no, that would be a heck of an accomplishment. And I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to say that's in the zone. I think they do. Whether they win out or whether they do go 11-1 and to Georgia or um, 
or make it the SEC championship and lose, I still think that they get in either way. Um, so I agree with you there. Um, the second one, Georgia beats Tennessee and goes to the SEC championship. Chunk it. They don't have the quarterback, Brock. We talked about this. They don't have the quarterback. They don't That's have right. running backs to that can go around our defense. I think we've seen the only one that can do that in uh, what's brother's name from Georgia Tech. Oh, I can't believe it escaped my memory. Oh, oh transfer to y'all. Oh, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me pause and bring him back. Tennessee's already Tennessee's already played Bryce Young and uh, Gibbs. Yeah, I, they're not going to find a better quarterback running back tandem out there. So I'm not afraid of what Georgia's offense will do to Tennessee. The only concern you might have going into that game is what the environment and defense can do to your offense. But until somebody can stop it, I don't see this well-oiled machine stopping. I, I think we can. Easily put up, easily put up, you know, mid 30 numbers. Uh, I expect to put up 40 numbers on the Georgia defense come November 5th. Okay. I'm going to have to agree with you again. Uh, I think that's in the zone. I think, like you said, chunk it. I think that's a touchdown. I think that's going to happen. Um, you going to go to that game? If that happens, like, do you have tickets for Man, that? Man, if, if the price of those tickets weren't worth about a mortgage payment i might consider it <laughs> no uh, i think I, to get in the door you're gonna have to pay about 700 bucks you know not to mention all the travel expenses as it would take to get from there from west Tennessee. so uh, i'm afraid i might have to sit this one out i do have a bucket list i'm working on of going to every sec stadium hence as to why i was down in baton rouge earlier this year but uh i don't think athens is going to be a place i'll be at this year i'll be watching from the confines of home okay no i don't i don't blame you dude i um that's a that's very pricey for a ticket i don't think i could do that for a ticket um maybe right. maybe uh when they go to so far for the championship maybe i'll pay that much then yeah i was about to say if they make it to the national championship you might as well ball out or the sec <laughs> even i mean which i think yeah. they will like, like we talked about but the tickets for that are already at 450 i looked yesterday mm -hmm. um that's just, for, like you said, for getting in the door. Um, the third one, uh, Hinton Hooker wins Heisman. What do you think? I think Brother Hinton, Hendo Cinco, uh, is – I think he's a Heisman favorite right now. And I think if he even just puts up decent numbers against Georgia, I think Hooker wins the Heisman this year. Uh, it, the Heisman – college football to win that award i don't think you have to have the very best stats uh, if you look at you know uh total yards total touchdowns and all hooker is, isn't leading in those categories but he had he has enough stats uh when it comes to yards touchdowns yards of play uh where it matches his strength of schedule and his wins uh, that Tennessee has this year, and I think that'll be enough for uh, him to win the Heisman. So, yeah, I, you you keep throwing these questions at me. I'm in the zone on all of them. Yeah, dude. No, I I, I like I said, I'm right there with you, dude. I think that, like you said, if he beats Georgia and uh, has a game and continues to put up the stat lines that he's putting up, I think he wins. I I, I think he's way better than C.J. Stroud. I don't think. I don't think that's even a close comparison because, I mean, Hendon's putting these numbers up against real teams, and C.J. Stroud's over there putting up numbers against single-A teams like Rutgers in Indiana. It's like, play somebody. Like, I think <laughs> Ohio State, if they came to the SEC, they'd be a 9-3 and team, if that. Um, but I, I won't get off on that tangent. Um, but, yes, I, I believe that Hendon Hooker is the best, best um, candidate for the Heisman right now. Um, let's see, we got two more. Does Alabama win out and go to the SEC championship or do they lose to Ole Miss? Uh, I say it's in the zone for Alabama winning out. Um, yeah, I think Tennessee may have gotten into the heads of the fan base, but uh, I think Saban can 
uh, easily, you know, correct course for the season. Uh, I think Ole Miss is kind of a paper tiger. If you look at their schedule, they knew coming into the year that's going to be very backloaded starting this week going to Baton Rouge. And I almost want to say, uh, you might argue against me, I think the LSU game might be a bigger game against Alabama than the Ole Miss game simply for the fact that um, LSU has two losses right now, but they only have one in the, in conference. So technically, there's a scenario out there where LSU could win out and be a two-loss team in the SEC championship game. I don't see that happening. Uh, I see Alabama taking care of business against them and Ole Miss. Uh, and going back to their second home in Atlanta, it seems. But uh, I, I think Ole Miss is capped this year, Paper Tiger. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go in the zone, and I do think Ole Miss is, is capped. Um, like you said, LSU, I didn't even think about the LSU situation where they could win out. Um, but, yeah, I think LSU is more of a threat than Ole Miss. Um, and and it, I don't know if you saw any of it. I know you said you are at a wedding. Uh, LSU put up a lot of points on the road against Florida this past week. So I think Jalen Daniels ended up with either five or six touchdowns himself. So uh, they may figure something out. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see that one. I don't you know when that, that game is. I know we have Mississippi State this Saturday. Then is it LSU or – I, haven't even uh, I know y'all got a bye before LSU or vice versa. Uh, so I think it, it might be Mississippi State bye and then LSU. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how that one goes. Um, and then the last one, uh, Clemson doesn't make the college football playoffs. Mm. I think we're going to be getting into this in just a, in just a few minutes, but I I gotta say that's trash. Uh, I think Clemson's gonna go in. I think they're gonna sneak into it only because I don't think they're playing anybody. Uh, they got the toughest part of their schedule behind them, and if you do, you know, sweep the board and go to the ACC championship, the other side of the conference is completely trash. Uh, I think you have about four teams below Clemson. And that in their division, that could win uh, the other division uh, uh, opposed from them. So uh, I think Clemson cleans the table. I think your last ditch effort of somebody beating them is going to be this week. And I don't even think that's going to be a strong uh, competitor in Syracuse going down to Death Valley, the fake Death Valley. But uh, yeah, I, I think Clemson runs the table, unfortunately. And I think that's going to hurt the chances of there being a potential three SEC team in the playoff. Okay. Okay. I, um, like you said, you mentioned Syracuse this week. I'm not very confident in it, but my heart wants to go with it. So I'm going to say it's going to be in the zone. I think they're going to cough up a game. Um, maybe this week. I know most of their schedules already panned out the toughest games, but Syracuse is six and oh, no, they haven't really played anybody, but they also have Garrett Schrader transfer from Mississippi state. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing crazy, but he can he can move the ball downfield. Um, I would uh, like if you'll to let him. me. Yeah, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I was looking at uh, Clemson's remaining schedule. Uh, they play Syracuse this week, then they go on a bye. Uh, they're at Notre Dame, and then they have three games at home to end the season against Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina. Maybe. I mean, maybe uh, Shane Beamer has South Carolina fired up enough to make that a game, but I just I don't see Clemson losing if they don't lose this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it'll have to come this week, or maybe, like you said, South Carolina. I'm hoping some something happens. That way it opens up the SEC a little more. Um, so I'm going to go in the zone that they don't make it. That's just a, a hope, not really a prediction. Um, so now that we're talking about it um, – Tennessee is now at number three. I'm just looking at the rankings right now. Georgia's one, Ohio State two, Tennessee three, Michigan's four, Clemson got dropped to five, and then Alabama's six. Um, some A few undefeated teams still in the top ten. You got UCLA, which they play Oregon this week. Um, TCU, Ole Miss, which we talked about Ole Miss being capped. Uh, Clemson, we talked about 
them easy schedule. What about Michigan? How do you think the Big Ten plays out? Uh, yeah, Michigan just beat a top ten Penn State team. I just find it hard to believe that Penn State team is actually a top ten team come the end of the season. So uh, I, th- I do think Michigan has a very legitimate shot of making the playoff, but I think it's just going to be like last year where it comes down to who wins that rivalry game between them and Ohio State. Uh, I think winner clearly makes the playoffs. Um, yeah, maybe there's some kind of uh, – I know there's potential for a crazy scenario where now that Michigan beat Penn State, Penn State beats Ohio State, Ohio State beats Michigan, there's a three-way tie in that division. But I don't see that happening. Personally, I think Ohio State just sweeps the table and, and waltzes into the college football playoff. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think that's, like you said, it would be crazy to see all the three teams give each other an L and see what they do there. But um, I think Ohio State runs the table. So with that being said, let's get into the playoff talk, dude. Um, as of now, I know you built several ones out. Um, which one do you want to start with? I have four different things. So I got what I think a playoff would look like today. Uh, just assuming uh, they they're not going to play the rest of the season at all. I got a best case or a best four teams for a playoff, a worst four scenario. And then I got a what's happening. So now, let's start with start with today. If you had to rank your top four, what does it look like? Okay, today, let's see. It would be uh, Georgia playing Michigan, one and four. Okay. Um, okay. You want me to say who wins that, or do you want me to? Do you think I should say that, or? Uh, uh, I'll say Georgia, Michigan, and then Ohio mm-hmm. State, Tennessee playing each other. And then, okay. I would, of course, I would have Georgia versus Tennessee and then Tennessee winning it if that was today. Okay. If it was today. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I might shock some people. I think as of today, Tennessee has the best resume in college football. So I'm going to put Tennessee as the number one seed uh, for today's college football playoff. I have them matching up with number four and undefeated uh, Clemson team. Uh, they've beaten a couple ranked teams so far this year. They have, you know, have shown a little bit signs of weakness. They have shown some vulnerability, especially in that game against Wake Forest, but uh, undefeated nonetheless. So I got the number four. Two and three, I you could put it either way. Uh, I think we know which teams are here. Uh, I've got Georgia number two, purely uh, and solely number two, just off of what they did to Oregon. If they didn't have that dominating win, uh, they'd probably be number three just because I don't think they played anyone else. But I have them number two and Ohio State number three. Um, in that scenario, I would see, similar to you, Georgia, Tennessee advancing. And I guess I would have to say Tennessee winning that playoff as far as what I've seen today. Okay. No, I, I mean, that's solid. I, I wouldn't be opposed to putting Tennessee one. I think they are. I think they beat Ohio State. I think they beat Georgia, so why not put them one? I think they were out Clemson. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So now I want to take a look at what I think the best four team playoff would look like. Uh, and I am going to be a little bit biased just because um, I'm a Tennessee fan. So for that, I'm going to have Tennessee number one uh, playing against in a rematch against Georgia number four. I think these are probably two of the top three teams, but. Georgia, is, if, you know, come to the end of the season, Georgia would have to be a one-loss team uh, and sneak in at number four. Uh, I don't know what that would look like, whether that's uh, Clemson picking up a loss in a championship game or uh, being just a one-loss team themselves. I feel like you give Georgia the edge. Um, if not, what off, if not what off they did last year, just purely what off they've done this season, dominating a lot of teams. Uh so I have those two at one and four. I'd have Ohio State at number two. And I would have Bama at number three. Uh, having a rematch there of a Sugar Bowl from a couple years ago. Uh, and I, I think in that scenario, 
I would have to lean uh, if Bama made it that far. I'd have to lean Bama winning that matchup and then going on to uh, play probably Tennessee uh, and maybe seeing the third edition of Tennessee versus Alabama that year. Yeah, I was about to say, wouldn't that be crazy if they had a best of three? Um, which is very, very plausible. Um, so this is the best, right? Who we think is the mm-hmm. best? Best right. four team playoff you can put together. Okay, I'd have Tennessee at one, um, just because they've beaten Alabama. I mean, if as technically, if Alabama gets in, they'll beat Tennessee or Georgia. But we'll mm-hmm. just say that Tennessee at one. Um, I'd have. Um, I'd have Ohio State at four just because I I don't think they played enough to show me that they're a top, top-tier team. Um, I mm-hmm. still think Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama beat them. I think Tennessee beats them the head, like the, by the most just because their offense is so stout. Um, so I'd have Tennessee versus Ohio State. I think Tennessee beats them by 21 or more. I'd have Georgia at two and Alabama at three. Um, and I have Alabama beating Georgia. And then, like you said, the three, the three-peat for the Alabama versus Tennessee game, I guess. And then Man, how how sick would the college football world be of the third third Saturday in October? Yeah, dude, that would be wild. That would be crazy. It could happen, dude. I really think it could play out like that because if it falls into place, I don't see Tennessee losing anybody except Alabama in the SEC championship, and then I don't know who wins the third one. So, so yeah, so in that, of course, I'm a Bama fan, so I guess I'll put Alabama winning it all, uh, winning mm-hmm. it all against Tennessee, but it would be, it's going to be a tough game if that plays out. So I guess it would be Tennessee one, Ohio State four, Georgia two, Alabama three. Okay. Uh, in my worst possible four-team playoff, uh, I've got one team that I've had all the way, and I'm going to keep in my playoff here. I want to keep them as the one seed just because at the end of the day, I don't see them losing. I want to have Ohio State undefeated as the one seed, and I'm going to have them playing against another undefeated team. Uh, undefeated team coming out of the Big 12, and that's the TCU Horned Frog. Uh, this TCU team, very feisty. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't get to watch their game, me included, on Saturday against number eight, Oklahoma State, simply because uh, it was at the same time as Tennessee, Alabama. And, you know, from what I could tell, even though we had that game going on at the same time, I didn't have my attention on that game. But uh, from what I saw, uh, TCU had a huge comeback in that game and uh, ended up winning in overtime. And uh, if you look at the stats, I'm pretty sure, uh, I believe his name is Max Duggan, quarterback for TCU, is just having a heck of a season. And so is first-year head coach Sonny Dykes over there, someone who was uh, a candidate for the Tennessee job or a rumored candidate for the Tennessee job when Heifel got the job. So I would have Ohio State TCU in the 1-4 matchup, I would lean Ohio State winning that matchup. Uh, in the number two spot, kind of like Ohio State was kind of a chalk. I think they just went out and it's kind of boring. Uh, I have Clemson. And number three, an undefeated team. Undefeated team you may not think about uh, in the SEC, Ole Miss. Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, I think both of us agreed that we think Ole Miss is kind of this paper tiger who uh, just hadn't played anybody, but I, I, Ole Miss could run the table from here on out if, if we're being honest and being fair to them. Uh, they do have a great rushing attack. If you look at top rushing teams in the country, of course you're going to have your two service academies up top, but Ole Miss is right there at number three. And uh, as we both know, being in the SEC, you know, between the line of scrimmage is where a lot of games are won, and. Uh, if you can dominate that and have a great rushing attack going into these playoffs, uh, you can control time of possession, throw off a lot of teams, uh, and and make a statement in the playoffs. So I would have them facing off against Clemson in the 2-3 matchup. 
in that, I would probably uh, lean Clemson, and we would just have an Ohio State-Clemson national championships that pretty much nobody would be excited about. Uh, and I think I would lean towards Ryan Day getting his first title with the Buckeyes in my worst format. Okay. Yeah, that was – hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> Obviously, because <laughs> wouldn't be in it. Um, but, wow, I, I didn't even think about all this. Okay, so if I had to pick a worse one, like you like you did, I'm leaving Ohio State one. I just don't see them losing. Um, mm-hmm. I'd have Clemson at two. Um, I'm I'm going one, two, three, four. Then I'll say what I think wins. I, I really trying okay. to go down the list. Uh, so Ohio State one, Clemson at two. This may be a shocker, <clears throat> but I'm gonna go with uh, TCU at three and UCLA winning the Pac-12, coming in undefeated at four. Hey, Chip Kelly's took a team there before, uh, a Pac-12 team before, too, in Oregon, so that's not completely out of the question. Yeah, yeah, so that, that'd be my this, that'd be my worst, and so it'd be Ohio State, UCLA, and I think Ohio State gets that job done, and then TCU versus Clemson, and I think that uh, – yeah, I think Clemson would find a way to win. And then, like you said, I think Ohio State, Ryan Day gets his hand raised and gets the trophy for the first time. Um, that's the yeah. worst, worst. Yeah, I almost had UCLA on my worst, but I really enjoy watching uh, their quarterback. I, I think Chip Kelly has something fun going on up there. I don't think they'll run the table. I think USC beats them, uh, which, I mean, a one-loss USC team, if they're a Pac-12 champion, do you put them through? Uh, I, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about here in a couple of weeks uh, as the season plays out. But, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun this playoff. Uh, the yeah. last scenario, of course, uh, we looked at what we have, what we see today, how we're ranking them, uh, our best case, our worst case. Now it's time to talk about what's going to happen, Brock. And here's what's going to happen in the playoffs. I, I have a crystal ball. I don't know if you know that. I have a crystal ball. <laughs> Or I can you know, tell you exactly what's going to happen in college football. And here's how it's going to play out. Number one, as I've loved this entire time, Ohio State's going to run the table. There's, there's just, I just don't see any way Ryan Day doesn't run the table with this team. Looking at the stats I got in front of me, their percentage to win out, 46.3%. Only reason it's that low is because they played Michigan. The projected win-loss is 12 and 0.7 uh, for their win loss for the season. So, I, yeah, I just don't see anybody stopping that train. Uh, the two seed, uh, because I feel like this would be less drama, Clemson, unblemished season. I see them going 13 and 0. Uh, you know, make redeeming themselves from last year. What were they last year? 10 win team, maybe a nine win regular season team. But I, I see them uh, looking at their projected win out it is 33.3 so yeah have a very good chance to win out the rest of their schedule we looked at it just a second ago uh very weak acc teams all three at home to end the season uh the three and four spot brock i think that's where this gets a little bit hairy as to what's going to happen so as as i bet you you're thinking in your head right now Where's the SEC at in this playoff? We got one undefeated Big Ten team. We have one undefeated ACC team. So where's the SEC? What I think happens, Brock, uh, and looking at back at our discussion earlier, I think both from here on out, Tennessee and Alabama is going to run the table uh, and meet for part two in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. I think that'll be a crazy game. Um, what happens there, I don't know. You know, maybe the environment isn't what it was at Neyland. Maybe they listen to the Alabama fans I've seen on Facebook asking for a new set of referees in a matchup, uh, and maybe that makes it a little bit more fair for both teams. But uh, what I think happens is Tennessee being 12-0 and in that game, Alabama being 11-1, I think they both leave with the same record, and I think Alabama beats Tennessee 
in the SEC championship, uh, both teams being 12 and one. In that scenario, I think you got to lean Alabama being three seed versus a 13 0 Clemson team and Tennessee being a four seed against a 13 0 Ohio State team. Now, where that game will be played, I'm not sure uh, if, if they lean towards geographic for the one seed or if Ohio State would rather just play in Tempe, Arizona and let Clemson and Alabama play in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. I'm not sure how that would shake out. Uh, but I think either way, uh, I would have Tennessee beating Ohio State, Alabama beating Clemson, and then just the craziest three-time uh, matchup between Alabama and Tennessee for the college football playoff title for 2022. Okay. Dude, I – I'm right there with you. Um, I won't – I mean, I'm sure – I'm not going to ask you to pick that last game. I know your Tennessee fans, <laughs> obviously, you're going to pick, and I'm a Bama fan, so I would pick um, Alabama, but <clears throat> we won't get into that. I think that four is solid. I have the same four, just in a slightly different order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Ohio State, number one, like you did. Um, if they went out, they're not going to put um, a one-loss team above them. Um, so Ohio State at one, I have Alabama at two. Um, I like you. I didn't even think about them putting Clemson above Alabama, but that that could happen too. I don't know how. It depends on how that game would go. I guess the SEC championship. Um, mm-hmm. if it was a, a closer game. If it wasn't a closer game, um. So I have Ohio State one, Alabama two, Clemson three, and Tennessee four. Like you said, I think Clemson um, loses to Alabama. Um, and I think Tennessee routes. I'm talking about – I've said this in multiple podcasts. I think <laughs> they route Ohio State. Um, yeah, I think – I just don't think Ohio State's played a solid defense, and Tennessee has, and they've shown to put up 50 on them. So, um, so yeah, so that would be mine. And like you said, I think we'd have the third Saturday in October for the third time this year. Um, what a party. Yeah, what a party, dude. I mean, I may have to go to that game. We may have to load up all the <laughs> go to that one. Uh, it's only – it's not too far of a trip to so far in L.A., right? No, not too bro. bad. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that's my four right now. That's what I think. Oh, of course, it depends on if Alabama can – they've got the – I guess the – they control their destiny, but they got some um, hurdles to get over. I think mm. Tennessee – they obviously got some hurdles to get over too, but I think if they lose to Georgia, I think they could still get in. But I don't. Yeah, know. and I don't that's know. one thing that uh, a playoff committee is going to definitely have to consider. Uh, that I think might hurt the loser if it's Tennessee or Georgia. If they lose to Alabama in an SEC championship game, you know they would have the head-to-head matchup win over the other team during the regular season. But depending on what Alabama does to that team in the SEC championship game could decide if one of those teams make the playoff or not. Because if they absolutely curb stomp uh, an undefeated Tennessee or an undefeated Georgia, could they drop out of that top four? And that one loss team, if they uh, turn around their season, just dominate the three teams after the Tennessee-Georgia matchup uh, and make themselves look really good and are sitting in the five seed, come SEC championship weekend, could they sneak back into the top four that weekend? I think uh, I think it's possibility, but I think it'll be very hard to get three SEC teams into the playoff, even though I think we both agree it's pro- they're probably three of the four most deserving teams in college football that we've seen so far this year. Yes, I'd have to agree. I think a lot of people say the SEC is, is – um like overrated i know a lot of people say that they don't think it's the best conference but you got to think i mean i've read a stat it was like 91 percent since uh the college football playoff started has been sec champions yeah you had lsu georgia alabama um ohio state won it once i think that was it Uh, that might be going back to the bcs since ever since 2007 i know Florida State won, Ohio State won, and Clemson won a couple of times. But other than that, it's just been all SEC dominating. That's right. I forgot about that because Auburn won um, mm-hmm. several or once. I think it was once. They lost to 
some Florida State, but they beat mm-hmm. I can't remember where I, I went. I, I think Alabama might have just a few championships during that window. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, dude, I mean, it's – I don't know how somebody can sit back and say the SEC is overrated and say, have you not been watching football? But, but yeah, dude, so we covered a lot. Um, I appreciate yeah, I it. Can't say I thought we'd go this long. So you might have two weeks worth of content there. I don't know. But yeah, straight uh, up. Yeah. I already had an definitely, hour. But definitely right. great discussion there. Yeah, dude, I appreciate you coming on and uh, definitely have to come on again um, and later on. And I mean, I'll get you back on for sure whenever you want to get on. Um, but definitely right before Georgia, Tennessee, I'll get you back on if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to beg for anything. Uh, just, you know, don't want to hurt your, uh, hurt you doing numbies on the podcast. But if I can, you know, provide you any kind of value anyway, I'll be glad to help where I can, man. No, dude, you provided a lot of value tonight. A lot of key topics I didn't even, even think about. Honestly, it's probably be the best episode yet. Um, it'll be long, but that's not a big deal. Um, all right, that was the segment with Garrett Cook, our special guest. I appreciate him coming on. Um, it meant a lot. Uh, I believe we we broke broke it down very good. Um, we we now know the expectations of Tennessee's football team. We we now have a good good guess um, of what's gonna gonna take place uh, in order for each team to get into the college football playoffs. I know there's still a lot of chaos that's probably gonna happen this year. So yeah, so I, once again, I want to thank him for for coming on and talking, giving giving some time a little bit, and also I wanted to thank you guys for for following us, giving us a listen. Um, yeah, so this is episode one, and we'll be back with miniature episodes on UFC 280, um, another miniature episode covering the preseason top 25 uh, college basketball rankings, and then we'll be back to regular length episodes until. Um, something comes up for a need of a mini episode so thank you guys hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you next time